who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon. Welcome back, Jack Wagon family. Uh, we're glad to have you back for another episode. It is the first day of winter. Um, and it's definitely, it's cold here in North Carolina, at least. It's pretty cold up here in PA, not gonna lie. I mean, it ain't, I'm not freezing my balls off yet or nothing, but it's got a little nip in the air. I, I got an alert on my phone today that said, uh, snow starting, like, will last an hour, and I immediately texted Hannah, I was like, uh, I moved here to get away from this. <laughs> and, like, luckily, like, nothing even happened, like, I mean, it was over 37 degrees, so, I mean, I'm sure it was melting before it even you know, left the the clouds, but I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> but uh, we, we have a we have a lot to get to today, um, a lot to talk about, a busy, busy weekend, as always. Um, oh. a, a very confusing weekend, yeah, sports, I, I, to be I, honest I, Like, I don't even know how to, like, <laughs> do this intro, because I'm just like, I don't, I don't even know what the hell happened this weekend. It was it was wild. COVID, COVID took over the sports yeah. world this weekend, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, COVID, definitely some COVID-driven headlines today. Uh, lots of college football to talk about, uh, NFL as always, and, of course, college basketball. Um, get us started, we're going to go over some news here. Uh, big news for me, at least, uh, and it's unfortunate news, is that Bo Nix will be transferring into Oregon next year. Um, Bo Nix was a starter at Auburn for the last, I believe, three years. I believe three. Yeah, three. Uh, twenty nineteen was his first year, um, and I got to see his debut in person, and it was horrid. And then <laughs> we let him lead a game winning touchdown drive, um, which was just a great way to ruin my trip to Texas. Um, <laughs> I have some other comments I can make about that trip. But I'm going to stop myself. <laughs> um, we'll let it. We'll let it there with Bo Nix. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Bo Nix transferring to Oregon. Um, now the co-ops of Co-offensive coordinator at Oregon for next year, I just hired, was the offensive coordinator at Auburn in 2019. Um, so Bo Nix is at least familiar. Uh, I'm just worried because, I mean, you and I talked about this on, I believe, Sunday when the news came out. He definitely doesn't have the best track record. I mean, I understand the SEC is a very tough division to play in. Um, he just, nothing about him impresses me. Um, and I, I felt like we had a really good quarterback room behind Anthony Brown this year. Uh, Anthony Brown had his problems. You know, he looked great against Ohio State. Other than that, he couldn't be consistent to save his life. Um, ultimately, it ends up costing us in the end. But I really feel like, you know, Ty Thompson, who is right behind him, um, he got to play a little bit in, I believe, it was the Oregon State game. Or no, not the Oregon State game. It was Colorado. He played a little bit against Colorado. He had, I believe, two drives. He ended up throwing an interception. Didn't look great, but... Um, nonetheless, he, he had high hopes, and I, and I was really excited to see how he played this year. Um, now, granted, it is December. I mean, obviously, we still have spring ball and, and fall camp to get through. Um, I, I just, at the very least, I want him to get a fair shake and everything. Uh, I don't I don't want any coach's favoritism. Um, you know, just to you know, automatically name Bo Nix the starter. Um, I understand he has a starting pedigree behind him, but uh, we'll, we'll see what the, the camp brings. And... Uh, We'll go from there. For sure. Uh, yeah, we talked about it. Um, at the very least, kind of like I had said, it's nice to know at least something for sure in your quarterback room. Um, you know you know what he looks like. Oh, 
we talked about it. I personally think he would be a great system quarterback um, in the right system. He has the talent to be a good quarterback, um, but he doesn't necessarily have the the all around ability um, to to be one of those um, creative quarterbacks. I guess you could say. He, I definitely feel like, um, like I said, in, in a system with the right plays involved, the right scheme involved, I think he could excel. Um, hopefully y'all get that out of him if he ends up being the starter, but, uh, definitely, uh, I think no matter who you have at quarterback, um, quarterback competition at the college level is always, it, it's never a bad thing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, you got young quarterbacks that, that not only can learn from him, um, but can also help push him, um, or possibly even bring out the, the, upper tier of themselves um to possibly take over the job so it definitely uh something interesting to follow through the off season um and into next year uh, with that being said uh, another disappointment for george chris godwin has been it's it's occurring a recurring theme here on jack white sports george just never catches a break but chris godwin ruled out for the year placed on um season ending ir torn acl george Tell us about your fantasy team. I think it's because I talk <laughs> so much shit about my fantasy team and how good I was doing all of a sudden. But that's why it, it like, had to be. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, I mean, outside of my fantasy team, it's a huge loss just for the the Buccaneers in general. Um. You know, Mike Evans is already out. Uh, Fournette's down. Um. And so to lose, who I would honestly argue is their best wide receiver so far this season, at least in in terms of consistency. Um. You know, Ant Brown would have a really good game. Evans would have a really good game, but it seems like Godwin, week in, week out, was always, uh, you know, uh, supplying a lot to that offense, uh, supplementing yeah, he that was offense definitely... a lot. Um, Sorry, I mean, I you, you and I talked about it the one week. Uh, I asked you who to start in fantasy the one week, and you, you straight up told me to bench Godwin. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave him in. I think he got me like 35 points. I was like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't listen to that asshole. Yeah, but, it happens. I, um, I'm not wrong, or I'm not right. Like yeah. I'd probably say maybe five percent of the time I get it right. But yeah, he, he, like he, he's not the star of that offense, but he definitely. Um... God, these assholes are leaving their ringers on. I know, right? Um, <laughs> I can't believe he's you're... definitely as far as fantasy goes. He's he's not necessarily somebody that you would want to consistently put in. That's why I told you to bench him because I had had him and he wasn't really doing a whole lot. Um, but I, I feel like Antonio Brown when he was in. He was the, the, the quick, the short route, um, you know, get him the ball and let him do something with it once he gets it. Mike Evans, obviously, throw the ball up to him. I'd say probably 60% of the time he's going to come down with it. Uh, but Chris Godwin, really, and I, I think Tom Brady knows this, and that's why he's leaned on him a lot lately before the injury. Um, Chris Godwin, in my opinion, is the best all-around wide receiver in that wide receiver room. Um, you could throw it up to him. You could throw it short. He is athletic. Um, not necessarily as athletic as Antonio Brown, but at the end of the day, um, when you know you need a completion, Chris Godwin is a guy that you don't have to be scared throwing to. He's got great hands. Um, you know, now the entire Bucks roster has dealt with some drops this season, but uh, you know, uh, those drops aside, Chris Godwin, great hands. Um, I followed him since he was in Penn State. Great wide receiver. It's definitely a big loss for them, especially with everything else that they're currently dealing with. Um, right now so we'll see how that goes leading into the playoffs for sure absolutely um moving on the uh, nhl has came out and announced that they are going to pause all their games 
until after uh, Christmas. I believe it's it's actually almost New Year's uh, when they're going to get everything started again. Um, just I mean, just like the NFL and the NBA, uh, they've had a lot of outbreaks there, um, and to try and help slow the spread. Uh, I believe they shut down for like a week and a half, I want to say. Uh, this came out over the weekend um, that they were pausing everything. Um, so, I mean, it, it's scary to see because of everything, you know, ramping up again. Um, the last thing I want is, you know, to lose sports um, like, like we did in early 2020. Um, so, I mean, hopefully this, this does help slow the spread between teams. And, you know, they might look at doing something again, like going to a bubble. Um, I mean, other leagues might do the same as well. I want to see, um, but definitely at, at least everybody listening, uh, if you're traveling for the holidays or even if you're not, just just stay safe. Um, I don't even know if that came out right. Stay safe, and yeah. uh, <laughs> um, I believe you know. I think. Um, yeah, and as as far as um as all the fans listening, like definitely, um, you know, if you think you have something, stay home. And vice versa, if you think that somebody in your family obviously has something, um, you know, family time is great. Um, George and I will advocate for for family time any day of the week. Um, But kind of like the NHL is thinking right now, safety definitely should be your first priority, Um, especially, you know, it's wintertime sicknesses. But back on, on the sports topic with the NHL, not only did they... They paused until after Christmas break, but um, the NHL and the NHL Players Association decided that nobody was going to play in the Beijing Olympics that was in the NHL, which I thought was huge. Um, it, but it I was, actually, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, the, the, no, uh, you're good. I mean, it, it was it was so big just because the last few years, uh, what was it, twenty? So we're in twenty twenty two, so the twenty eighteen Olympics, I guess, for the last yeah. Winter Olympics, um, the NHL didn't play in them. They didn't let NH, any NHL players go over there and play. Um, and a lot of the NHL players were like salty about it. Um, yeah, but the NHL said no, we're not doing that. And then this year it was so big because they were like, just do whatever you want. Like if you want to take time away from the NHL, then that's on you. You know, we're not going to stop our season basically. Um, and so you know, a, a lot of players were looking forward to it. Obviously, I think it's in the best interest. Um, not just I mean for the league or anything like that. I don't want to come off like that, but I think it's the best interest for all the players. Um. No, definitely. Uh, travel, travel over to China. You know, you might end up getting it, and and you you're, you could be out for two weeks, or you could be out for you know a while. Um, nobody really seems to understand, you know, how everything affects different people. Um, but that's obviously not what this podcast is about. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not we ain't going there. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll stop touching that subject <laughs> and and we'll move on now. We'll move on. All right. So with all that being said, uh, next up we got the Packers clinching the playoff spot. Um, obviously, a uh, close game. Um, I'm all about putting Tyler Huntley on posters and claiming he's the GOAT. Um, you know me. I, I love I love an underdog story, especially when that underdog not only plays with heart, but um, actually has success. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Tyler Huntley, in my opinion, is a great quarterback. Um, I, I think he's been overlooked a lot of his career uh, coming out of college currently in the nfl um he's a stud he's had success everywhere he's gone um but the packers were able to to hold him off um barely barely hold him off uh clinch their playoff spot um 
they were really as far as teams that are are in that that top tier um, of playoff contention the cardinals the packers the cowboys none of them really looked like they were willing to take that next step to separate themselves from the rest of the pack um i think that as the playoffs get closer and even as they start up people are going to start to realize that a lot of these teams even though their records might not indicate it are a lot closer to each other than than what people would like to believe um so you know especially in the nfc the race is already heated up it's been heated up for two three weeks now um you know we only got a couple weeks left in the season and it's just going to continue to get hotter so definitely something to keep an eye out on but packers congrats clinch your your playoffs um obviously their their next hope is a first round bye um so we'll see if that happens yeah and i mean i feel like a lot of the divisional races not that they're not contested still but i feel like most of them are pretty much set i think the biggest one is a or the uh, excuse me nfc west uh, I don't think anybody knows who, who's going to win that right now. Um, every other week, it seems like a different team's going to win. But um, <laughs> definitely, yeah, the AFC is is I mean, where all, like I believe all the division leaders are eight and six, and all the teams behind them are seven and seven. So I mean that that's going to be a lot of fun to watch and how those playoff scenarios shake out over the next few weeks. But I just I just want to go on the record and say I defended uh, John Harbaugh the other week, right? Yeah, John. Yeah. Um, I do it too. I know. I I, <laughs> I said it. and I was like, wait a minute. Um, and, yeah. But I I defended him the other week against the Steelers when he went for two, and I'm gonna do it again. And I I think the biggest thing that behind it was okay. They went into this game. They they weren't supposed to have a, have a chance because they didn't have Lamar. Uh, they they start playing. You know, it almost looked like for a, you know a time that the Pack was just gonna start running away with it. But um, you know the the Ravens hung around. Uh, they go down and they score what would be the game tying touchdown with I think it was like what thirty six seconds left. I think I want to say like forty four, forty yeah, something around. like that. But close uh, around that area. But uh, okay, here here's your two options: you go for two right there, and you get it. Uh, you don't, you don't. But or you kick the field goal, you go to overtime. Then you have Aaron Rodgers, which I mean, there's nothing else to say, but it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, against you know your your defense who is missing a couple guys, um, I believe they had all like their entire secondary was back up, um, but th- that's who you got to go against or, you know you got to throw your offense out there with and like you said, um, you know Huntley gets all the credit, uh, but at the end of the day, um, and I mean the the comeback he led in the fourth quarter is great, but I feel like overtime is just different. Um, it, it's just there's just so many unknowns with the way that yeah. team was, and you know all the players out, things like that. I believe that going for two there was the right decision. Um, and I mean see, the videos have come out that John Harbaugh's walked over the sideline. He's like, okay, what do you guys want to do? Yeah, and, he asked Huntley and Andrews like, what do you want? Yeah, do? and every and single like, one of them looked yeah. at them and went, we're going for it. Now the play they called was, I think, absolutely boneheaded, stupid. Yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah, but we won't get too far yeah. into that. Nonetheless, I, I still agree with with the, the, the decision to go for two there. Um, I, yeah, and I agree with you in, in the call as well. <laughs> I, at the time, I questioned it because, I mean, you got the best kicker in the league. Like, you know he's going to drill this extra point, um, and you send it in overtime. But we've talked about it on here before. You and I both kind of seem to be on the same page as this. Uh, when it comes to sports, you know, and this was something I was preached 
going through high school, especially football, is controlling what you can control. And exactly. at that point in time, they had control of the game and they had control of their own destiny. By kicking an extra point, you now give Aaron Rodgers 42 seconds to drive down the field. And, and at the very least, like, you think about it, they could now, granted, Green Bay's special teams has been trashed this year, but they happen to get a lucky return and get anywhere close to the 50 or even past the 50. You know, next thing you know, Aaron Rodgers needs one or two completions. He's in field goal range. So yeah. I, I definitely, again, I agree with the call of going for it. I don't agree with the play call. Um, you know, obviously, I noticed throughout the game that Huntley felt more comfortable scrambling out to the right. I don't think he ran left one game. It looked like me playing Madden with a mobile quarterback. Um, <laughs> but regardless, you know, whether that's where he feels comfortable or not, you basically rolled this man out with 12 yards of playable field in front of him and said, find Mark Andrews in the corner. Like, it just... And he was, it, like, the it, only receiver in the area. And, I mean, yeah. it, it was a great to play by the defender nonetheless, but it's just... But, yeah, it's just... It, it's, it's just so predictable. Like, oh, just get one yard into the end zone and then run down. It's like, no, come on. Like, Yeah, it um, it was like every other two-point conversion I've ever watched yeah. in my life, it felt like. Um, so that's really the only knock I have on Harbaugh. The play call definitely could have been better. But, again, you have the game in your hand. Um, you hopefully want it to end that way. Now, obviously, yes... Rodgers could have got the ball back and drove down the field. I understand that. Um, but you tie it, and if Rodgers – if you tie it, there's more opportunities for the game to not be in your hands. Exactly. Because you're not guaranteed to get the to win the, the coin toss and get the ball first. Uh, so I, I agree with it. I just – I wish it would have been, would have been better. Yeah. But. Right. If you go for two, you control the narrative. If you go to overtime, you leave it up to luck, basically. Exactly. Um, exactly. But moving on, uh, Tiger Woods returned this past weekend to play golf uh, in the PNC Championship. Uh, the PNC Championship is always a great event. Um, it's so cool to see. Uh, I mean, a lot of the, the players, they bring out their sons. It, it's a family scramble. Um, or they bring out their dads, brothers, whatever. Um, but yeah, Tiger Woods came out with his son, Charlie. Um, who, by the way, is already better than him. I just want to Yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> I, I, I had to, I honestly turned off football. Um, over the weekend, a, a few times just to watch those two play. Um, yeah, Tiger I also Woods was always, watching yeah. golf for the first time ever in my life this weekend. Yeah, I mean it's it's just Tiger Woods of those two. Exactly, it's I mean it's Tiger Woods. He's always fun to watch, but just seeing Charlie play. I mean, he was literally playing just like his his father. That was just so cool like to him. see. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that was that was a great tournament. I mean, it came down to the wire. Uh, John Daly, the man, the myth, the legend, and his son end up winning it. Um. If I could be anybody when I grow up, I want to be John Daly. Um, <laughs> the man is just a, a god to me. Um, but yeah, John Daly and his son end up winning the PNC Championship. Um, the swag was there. Yeah. But, uh, sure. I mean, the, the the picture of him sitting there smoking a cigarette, I believe it was like the, the 17th hole. He's just watching his son play. He's just smoking a cigarette, and the camera's just focused on him. Uh, to me, that was, that was so funny. Um, <laughs> Whatever but, a legend. Yeah, uh, so a great weekend for golf. Um, it was good to see Tiger Woods back on the on the the, the course, and um, you know he just said I believe it was two weeks ago. He's like, you know, I've been hitting the balls. Um, he's like, I just don't you know feel like I'm at a PGA level yet. And I was watching him, and he was just obliterating balls off the tee box. And I was like, okay, either you're lying or you like just loaded up on Vicodin for this, and uh, you're feeling great. But 
uh, nonetheless, it was, it was it was really good to see him back, especially after you know the news came out that he was you know in critical condition. Um, the reports came out that he might have been paralyzed, things like that. Um, so just to see him on the golf course, let alone playing and playing as well as he did, um, and getting to play with the son Charlie was uh was great to see. That it was. That it was. They finished second, uh, by the way. Yeah, finishing second. Um, definitely a good performance, especially with Tiger Woods now feeling up to PGA levels. Um, I agree. I definitely think he's bullshit. But regardless, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Kenny Pickett and Jalen Wider Widermeyer joined the list of players uh, sitting bowl games out. Um, obviously, Kenny Pickett, uh, he was uh, in the Heisman running. Uh, in my opinion, the best quarterback, the best NFL-level quarterback um, coming into the draft this year. Uh, so big sitting out the bowl game, but we've seen it a lot. Um, no matter what level of players, a lot of players do it to get ready for the NFL. Um, obviously, with COVID, I think that more are starting to avoid their bowl games because it's just it's just one extra. It's an exhibition sense, game, basically. Exactly. Yeah, like it, it does mean something. Most bowl games. Yeah. I mean, if if anything, trophy, like but. I mean, if the, if they were playing for the national championship and yeah, yeah, play in the game. Yeah. Um. Definitely. But I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, your your body is your investment, especially if you're going to play in the NFL. If you're going to be such a high pick, like I mean, if if you think you're going to be like a third or fourth round guy, and you want to try and get up higher, then yeah, play in it. Or if you think yeah, you're not going to sure. get drafted, go play in the game. Um, that's that's what it's there for. Um, but at at the end of the day, and Mike Leach came out and said that you know players owe it to their schools and to the teammates and to the coaches. No, you don't. No. Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, you you owe something, you know, especially if that team you know took a chance on you or whatever. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the, your college journey was to get you ready for the NFL, and it, you don't want to risk. I mean, uh, what's his name? Jalen Smith, I believe, uh, played mm-hmm. for Notre Dame. Uh, decided to play in the bowl game, the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State, towards ACL. I mean, and and it's still giving him issues even now in the NFL. Um. So I mean, it's it's obviously it's your it's your body, your choice. I mean, everything is up to you. But um, yeah. So I I don't disagree with it. I understand where it's coming from, and I'm not gonna lie. I was typing up this 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 podcast schedule last night, and I I saw Jalen's name, and I was like, I can't wait for him to try and say this. I I honestly like as I'm typing the name, I just started laughing. I was just like, like obviously, like Weidermeyer obviously isn't that difficult, but like, there's a lot of letters in there. <laughs> Uh, I was like, what? I had to, I had to hesitate for a second. My brain was like, all right, Y D E. Okay, we're on, we're on the same page here. But yeah, um, but no, I, I definitely think, I don't think a single player in any college sport, um, if they decided not to play in, you know, postseason or whatever you want to call it. And obviously, um, the NFL is, or not the NFL, the um NCAA, uh, football is the only sport that I can think of that has basically meaningless exhibition games at the end of the season. Um, but they're bowl games, and it gives yeah. people, like you said, it gives people a final showing, um, stuff like that. Yeah, they, it, but I mean, it's, it's a chance for the schools to earn money. I mean, and like the really prestigious bowls, like the New Year's Six Bowls um, and, and some other, you know, high-end bowls outside of that. I mean, it's, it's a lot of prestige at that point. And, and it, it never hurts putting yourself up against equal or better competition. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah. But, Anyway, uh, like I said, uh, I respect every every player, no matter what decision they make. Um, and obviously, uh, the best of luck to 
whoever decides not to play, um, you know, in, in the farthering of their careers. But uh, by all means, you know, like I said, nobody should feel obligated. But anyway, speaking of bowl games, we're going to go ahead and go over some of, or not some of, all of the games that have already happened um, and who is currently leading our Capital One Bowl Mania competition. So uh, to start us off, we have MTSU over Toledo, 31 to 24. Um, I, I'm not even sure, to be honest, 100% honest with everybody watching. I don't know about George. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of these. Um, I've had a kind of hectic weekend a little bit. Um, so hopefully maybe George could tell us a little bit about some of these. But I, I know that, unfortunately, I did not get much time. Yeah, to. The, the, the ones that started on Friday, I didn't get to see much of. Um, just I, I did watch the, some of the Coastal game, uh, the Middle Tennessee game. I was at work while it was happening now. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, we'll just kind of go through these for everybody. Um, you know, obviously, as we start getting to some of the bigger games, uh, we'll have more of an idea of what happened and, and whatnot. And I do plan on hopefully sitting down and watching some um, this week. But anyway, moving on, uh, as George was just talking about, we have – Coastal over NIU 47-41. Now, there was a little bit of controversy. Um, the ball was set after NIU had gotten a first down, but the refs had ran the clock before the ball was set, um, which obviously, common sense, uh, took extra time off the clock before they could run another play. Um, so definitely, did you happen to be watching that game at the time that that happened? I did. Uh, so uh, Coastal goes down, and they go they go up late. Uh, NIU gets the ball back, and they just start marching down the field. Um, really better than they had all game. It was, it, it was kind of like just understanding the team and a sense of urgency. Um, but they, yeah, they watch march right down the field. I believe they're in like the fifteen yard line or so. They just got they converted a fourth down. Uh, they got the first down. Uh, they're out of timeouts, and in college, it's different from the pros because as soon as you get a first down, the clock stops. The chains need to be reset. I believe there was like six seconds left, maybe. Or maybe it was just under 10, I want to say. Um, and there's, like, clear video of the ref, like, getting to the spot where the ball is. And he, like, tells the chain gang, he's like, okay, it's first down, go ahead and move. And as they're running, he just starts winding the clock. And then the clock just starts running. And NIU has no idea. They think the clock stops. So, you know, they're getting set. They're getting ready to run a play. They get lined up. And as soon as the quarterback goes to snap the ball, they're, like, they're blowing the whistle. Like, game's over. And it was it was absolutely ridiculous to see. Um so Coastal gets their first ever bowl win in program history, but just watching a, a program get like at the end of the day, like we said, like these these bowl games, they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But I mean, to the schools, they do. To the players who have you know scratched and clawed and fought all season to get to this point, it, it definitely matters. Um, yeah. So seeing a team get screwed over like that was was not really fun to see. Yeah, and, and I think it, that's one thing that fans tend to forget is like to us, a lot of these bowl games don't mean anything. But to right. these players, especially in schools like Coastal or NIU or Middle Tennessee or, you know, the schools that don't always get the recognition, these bowl games are like their Super Bowls. Right. Um, and obviously, just like any Super Bowl, we want it to come down to the play, not the refs. Yeah. Um, um, especially even if it's just something stupid as running a clock too early. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the not a funny thing that happened. But I mean, to me, it's kind of funny because I was involved <laughs> in it. but. Uh, Coastal went to go leave the bowl game, and yeah. they uh, their plane I think got stuck somewhere else, 
And so they they were like, there's videos of them just like sitting on the tarmac waiting for a plane to come pick them up, and it, it oh, was man. it was it was kind of funny to me. Um, but like I said, it's funny because I wasn't involved in it. Yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't want to have to do that, but by all means, I'll laugh at somebody else's misery. But anyway, moving forward, uh, we have George left me some abbreviations here, but I believe this is Western Kentucky University over Appalachian State. Um, that is correct. Okay, yeah, I, I'm. I didn't I didn't feel comfortable guessing uh Middle Tennessee or NIU. I still don't remember what NIU is, but Northern um, Illinois. Northern Illinois. <laughs> I was thinking Indiana, so I would have been I would have just embarrassed <laughs> myself. But anyway, uh Western Kentucky over App State, fifty nine thirty eight. A high scoring game. Um I don't know if Western Kentucky always scores fifty nine points. Um but yeah, it was it, they it definitely sounds have both. ridiculous. Yeah, they both have really good offenses. And I mean App App State was moving the ball. Like, I mean that that score doesn't really show how close the game was. They just they could not convert in the in the red zone for whatever reason. Uh they had a couple turnovers. And I mean West Kentucky, they just they didn't slow down at all all day. Um I mean I, I had App State picked and I mean it's any game. If you can score in the red zone and not turn the ball over, you're gonna win. And I mean we saw a clear reason of um or example of, you know, the opposite happening and you, you lose. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a big win for Western Kentucky. Um, but yeah, it was a, definitely a high-scoring affair. Yeah, and, and quite honestly, like, this is something that I tend to take for granted a lot, especially this time of year with these um, these bowl games that to a lot of people might seem even more meaningless than, you know, bowl games that the top 25 players must be in. Like, these games, like, I, I'm genuinely upset that I didn't get to watch any of these games that we're talking about today because these games with the lower level teams the teams like i said that don't get the the credit that they want all the time these teams play their hearts out um and we'll get to a game actually the first game that, that you're gonna you're gonna go over um was a big example of that but anyway moving on we have south carolina state over jackson state in a game that neither george or i expected to go this way <laughs> no um, um... It, I I did watch this game on Saturday in between doing some house projects, and all I gotta say is like I understand that Jackson State's defense revolves around man coverage, and you know obviously Deion Sanders is a great defensive mind. I mean he played in the NFL for how many years? Uh, I, I'm not gonna sit here and question him, but at, it get it was getting to the point where, I mean their offense just just kept turning the ball over nonstop. Uh, they had a lead early. It was seven to three early, um, and then their quarterback gets sacked and fumbled, and then from there it just was a landslide, and and they couldn't stop it. But the biggest thing was watching their defense get exposed in man coverage. Like South Carolina State, nobody gave a shot, but they came in and they just exposed the man coverage, and Jackson State refused to change out of that man coverage. And I was just sitting there watching this, like I have never watched a team get thoroughly exposed in an area and refuse to do anything to change it. Oh, you should have watched the Penn State game against, what was it, Illinois that we let run for like 300 yards. But, I mean, at, at least at, at one point, your your coach finally made a decision, okay. Yeah, finally. It might have been late. but No, Jackson was State was like, listen, <laughs> we're a man coverage team. We're going to run goddamn man coverage we're all day. by the man coverage. And South Carolina State just coverage. continued to just – Run man beaters. I'm just sitting here watching. I'm like, South Carolina State's like, all right, three yard rub route. Yeah, they're like, oh, like, okay, <laughs> like that. But then, like, even it, it was getting to the point where they were in man coverage, but they were just getting beat one on one. I'm just like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, at some point, 
you as a coach need to sit there and go, okay, listen, they're exposing it. We need to make a change. Like even Penn State, yeah, you know, I or Illinois, excuse me, was exposing their defense, and they refused to change it until like what, like middle of the fourth quarter. They at least made a change. Jackson State never made a change. I, I, I had just watching a football game, just never seen something like that. I was just like, this is yeah, ridiculous. Well, and uh, I've never coached a down of football, um, but I have watched a lot of downs of football. And there's a point where even if you believe that your better option is in man coverage, you got to give the quarterback something different to look at. Um but you also got to give your secondary a chance. Like if you know they're getting beat and this team's running man beaters, um, you know, you got to give them something. You change up that look. Maybe one of your D linemen happen to get a little pressure that play. Next thing you know, they're expecting man coverage. The quarterback throws the ball up and now you've got to pick maybe a pick six because the quarterback didn't expect you to be doing that. Um, just a, a general change of pace at the very least. Um, so definitely, uh, it, it just it, it sounds crazy in my eyes especially for something so similar um i wonder if that uh so that number one overall recruit is uh changing his mind now <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking the same thing i'm like man could you imagine i well i mean like i i don't i don't blame him either way like if he was committed to florida state first like he didn't really go down in talent much like but either way um you know you're figuring damn i could have went to like ohio state or something yeah <laughs> But anyway, moving on, uh, the last game that I'm going to go over here, we got Fresno State over UTEP, 31-24. to um, Close game, at least, you know, a touchdown game, which, in my opinion, is a close game because all it takes is one play to, to yeah. change that. I mean, um, Fresno State had control of the game, uh, but UTEP, UTEP definitely kept it close. Um, they also ran the greatest play of the season. They ran a fake QB sneak. Um, I've seen that. that was and at ju- the, the fact that nobody has utilized that more, which is, I mean, if every team did it, it would like nobody would fall for the QB sneak. But just the execution on that play, I remember like I, I was looking down, I, I think it was fourth and one, and they were, I saw they were going for it. And I was, um, I forget what I was doing, but I was looking down. All of a sudden I looked up and it, like they scored. I was like, but they were showing like the <laughs> highlight right before they go to commercial. I was like, oh, like uh, somebody called a timeout, whatever, and they're just showing replays before. Um, you know the, the commercials, and it comes back from commercial, and I was like, "No, they actually scored!" Like, what the hell? And then like they showed a replay. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that is the greatest thing ever. Uh, so yeah, that was best play call of of, of bowl season goes to. Yeah, me, and I, like I I just I don't get it. I don't like I really don't understand. Not even why like that play in particular, but a fake QB sneak in general. Like I, so many defenses commit so hard to cops to stopping the QB sneak. That all you have to do is act like you're about to dive down and toss the ball to your running back, and your running back would probably score every time. Like right. so many people just dive inside and try to try to just block it up so the QB has nowhere to go. And it's like so many times, like I said, I've seen you could just either stand up and throw it to somebody that your tight end that that ran down the field three yards, or turn around and lob it to your running back. Whatever it is, like I I hope that we start to see that utilized more because that tends to be. A common theme, you know, you see one thing work and then everybody's like, oh, well, how can we, you know, utilize that into our game plan or, you know, have that in the back of our playbook in case we need it. So I hope we ha- I hope we see more um, before the season ends uh, in either league, NCAA or, or NFL. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on, uh, the biggest upset of bowl season so far, uh, UAB upsets BYU. BYU is ranked 13th. Um, 
UAB, or excuse me, UAB just came out and, and outplayed BYU. Um, and that's great for that program. Um, I don't remember. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, but a few years ago, that program was axed. Um, the, the school got rid of football. Uh, finally, enough boosters and, and people stepped in. They brought the, the football back. They're getting, I think this year, actually, they got a brand new stadium. Um, so to see that program come back from, you know, non-existence to upsetting a number 13 team in the country uh, is, is great to see. Uh, I'm very happy for that program uh, to see that. Um, Liberty absolutely just rolled over Eastern Michigan. It was uh, final score 56-28. They were up 30-33 to like 10 at halftime. <laughs> and uh, Mal- Malik Willis just absolutely went off. Um, a lot of people see him going in the draft and, and pretty high. And this is another case of, um, you know, a, a player wanting to improve their draft stock, and he went out there, and that, that's what he did. Uh, yeah. I had him as a Heisman favorite coming into the season. That that obviously did not pan out. Um, I, I think a lot of that had to do with the, the school. Uh, yeah. They just – I mean, uh, you, you and I, there's a reason we don't talk about stats a lot on, on this because – Stats don't tell the whole story. Um, exactly. We like to watch people, and he definitely talented quarterback. I, I think he could have played at a, at a high level at honestly any school in the country if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, but not, nonetheless, uh, I look forward to seeing him in the pros and seeing what he can do. Um, because I he has a, he has a ton of talent. Um, Utah State beat Oregon State twenty four to thirteen. Um, I picked Oregon State in my bowl mania just because you know I got to rep- represent the Pac-12 as a Pac-12 fan, um, and they let me down. Uh, yeah, shocking. Um, Especially with you, yeah. Louisiana <laughs> beats Marshall, uh, thirty-six twenty-one. Uh, Tulsa over Old Dominion, thirty to seventeen. Um, Upsetting. <laughs> I, will I, I do, only because of Taylor Heineke. I will move for Old Dominion anytime yeah. I see them on a the schedule. I uh, I I so I did watch that. I I sent you a Snapchat. So I got I dusted my, off my old Xbox this weekend. I was playing NCAA 14 all weekend, <laughs> and yesterday I got home from work and I sat here and played NCAA 14. And I watched the game on my laptop. Um, old Dominion took the opening kickoff back, but other than that, they they just could not get anything going with their offense. Uh, and, and Tulsa looked so so good on on both sides of the ball. Um, so much deserved win in the Myrtle Beach Bowl for them. Uh, so the game's going on today, Tuesday. We will cover on Thursday. Uh, there's some games uh, tomorrow and Wednesday as well. Uh, we will get to those. Um, the current leader in the Capital One Bull Mania look or um, contest for the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast group, uh, Josh Brooks and the Hen. Um, so if you guys are listening, you guys are currently the leaders. Um, some games going on right now, uh, but we will check back with that on Thursday. Uh, big old fifty dollars on the line for the winner. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm 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 right behind them. I'm right there in third. Yeah, I'm I mean, every, everybody is is pretty close. I I believe it. I think it's like a group of people in first and a group of people in second. And there might yeah, be I one other like person too. And, and then it's like three of us, three or four of us in second or something yeah. like that. And then, and like then everybody you have, else is right behind. Yeah, you have Hannah who just didn't do any entries and is yeah. sitting at dead last. <laughs> but hey, so that that, that is good designs. That that is that is good news that nobody <laughs> still playing is going to finish in last. Yeah. Exactly. They should feel good about themselves. But anyway, now that we have covered our college football news and happenings, uh, let's go ahead and switch on over to the NFL. Uh, so to start off our our picks we made for the weekend, we have Kansas City over the Chargers. Uh, George, I believe, did you choose the Chargers? Yeah, I picked the Chargers. 
damn sucks to suck anyway uh tell me what you tell me how you felt about that game um that was a uh, it was actually a really good game to watch uh herbert um becomes the first qb to throw for i believe he's, it's the first time it's uh to throw for 30 touchdowns in his first two seasons in both of his first two seasons um i mean the, the chargers looked good uh kansas city just looked better i mean it, it ends up going to overtime uh, and they get the ball, and they just drive right down the field through that Chargers defense. Um, that that fourth quarter comeback by the Chargers was very valiant. Um, I mean, I mean, we talked about it with the the Packers Ravens games. I I probably would have gone for two, especially with the you know you had the division lead on the line, like just just go for it. Um, but I understand like that circumstance was different from the Ravens. The Chargers, you have basically your whole starting offense. Um, but unfortunately it just comes down to the flip of a coin um but yeah th- th- that's my thoughts all right and yeah uh, i i thought it was a great game um it kind of played out the way i thought it was going to um i i honestly i thought Kansas City was well, i mean i guess 6 points they were about i i believe i'll have to listen back to to last Thursday's podcast but i believe i i might have said it, it was a touchdown game so i was pretty close um but it was definitely it was nice to see both teams come together for this game and play how both teams should have been playing the entire season. Um, this matchup looked like how it should have looked, uh, whereas earlier in the season this matchup probably would have been a nightmare. Um, right. But anyway, with that being said, our next game uh, we had what was my biggest upset of the week: uh, the Colts beat the Patriots twenty-seven to seventeen. Um, Patriots. I don't uh, want to talk about it. Can we? Can we just move on? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. We'll just move on here. Uh, I was so, so I I got so confident behind this team on Thursday, and I was like, dude, they're gonna win by. Th- I I th- I I said what? I like twenty points or something. <laughs> yeah, you added like twenty one points. And I I, was, I forget what we were doing Saturday night. We were out doing something, and you texted me, and you're like, dude, this game. And I was like, what? And I turned it on. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? It happened like, the entire weekend, literally yeah. the entire weekend. It was it was terrible. It, yeah, it was just it was not a, a fun weekend. It was an entertaining. But weekend. I mean, hey, good, good, good for the Colts. I mean, they, yeah. they definitely needed this. I believe are they? I think they're leading their division now, right? Mm, let me double check real quick. Uh, I think you. I mean, I know Jacksonville's right. definitely not leading that division. It's between them and the Titans, and with the Titans losing this, I, I want to say, say I'm they're pretty leading. sure that they're. Nope, the Titans are still Titans are nine and five. They're eight okay. and six. Um, I mean, I mean, they're definitely right in line. They're they're in the first wild card position right now. Then, um, or they're tied with the Ravens for the first wild card position. Yes. Um. um so yeah. Uh. Definitely. Uh, I I feel like the Titans are on a downswing right now. So I mean, if Indianapolis can keep playing up to this level, then they're. I don't think they're not only going to win their division, but I think they're definitely a team to watch out for in the playoffs. I definitely agree. They're very. We talked about it before. They're very efficient. Um. Now they do have the Cardinals coming up. Um, on Christmas Day, uh, which is obviously a tough game. It's at Arizona, but as we've seen this weekend, Arizona's beatable. <laughs> um, I don't. We, we didn't discuss this game, no, because we didn't think there was going to be anything to discuss. Uh, but Lions, just even though we didn't have it on the podcast last week, Lions end up upsetting the Cardinals. Not even slightly upsetting the Cardinals. I mean, they, they oh my God, they just dismantled the dis- team. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, 30 to 12. I thought it was going to be. 42 nothing the other way so uh, now the lions have come to play especially at home all year so kudos to them um by all means uh but regardless the colts 
at Arizona coming up, um, and then uh, the Raiders at home, and then at the Jaguars to end their season. So they definitely um, they have a chance to control their own destiny. Um, I'm not sure who the Titans all have coming up, but uh, being only one game back, definitely still somewhat in control. Uh, again, like we talked about earlier, they got to control what they can control, win out, um, and you know let put the pressure on the Titans. But uh, moving on, we had San Francisco over Atlanta. Um, this was another uh, good game. Uh, it wasn't necessarily one of my favorite games that had happened this weekend, um, but it was still it was still a good game to watch. Um, you know, uh, it's dumbass NFL blackout rules. I couldn't watch it, even though I'm in the uh, South. I'm literally three hours from Atlanta. Normally. Whenever the, the the Panthers and the Falcons don't play at the same time, I usually end up getting the Falcons games. I guess that's, it was I, I think I went on this uh, on a rant like this the other <laughs> week about the stupid ass blackout rules, but uh, so I won't go into it again. Uh, but I, I did see the highlights, um, and I, I feel very bad for for Kyle Pitts and the situation he's in right now, um, and, and for Matt Ryan and just the the BS he has to deal with at that team. <laughs> That, yeah, that's all I'm gonna um, say. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely uh, that's a team there. Like uh, their offense isn't necessarily the most exciting in the NFL, but their defense is just god awful. Um, they couldn't stop a toy truck with. So if I, I finally I became a level two yoga, there. like they're just they're terrible. Um, but nonetheless, San Francisco doing what they needed to do. Um, keeping their playoff hopes and aspirations alive um, and and coming out with the, the big win, getting close to playoff time. So moving on, um, in the shocker of the week, um, at least shocker by the way that it happened, New Orleans um, over Tampa Bay, and it was a nine-point game. It was 9 nothing. Yeah, like the Buccaneers got shut out, but I it, think the it most, didn't feel 9 Yeah, the most surprising thing about this was was the score. Like it was one thing for like the Saints because for some weird reason the Saints just seem to have Tampa Bay's number in the regular season. Yeah. Um no matter who's playing. But for it to be 9 nothing and Brady had four picks. How many interceptions did Brady throw? Uh, let me check real quick. Uh, he he looked terrible on, on Sunday night. Um, it only says one online. Oh, but I okay. thought he had multiple. Yeah, I thought he had more. I than thought one. he at least had two, but yeah. Um, this was only one that early one, I guess. Yeah, so it was uh, it was weird. I, I mean, I, just imagine if the Saints still have Drew Brees, it's like it's twenty. Or even Jameis Winston. <laughs> or like, yeah, or even Jameis Winston. Like if they had an actual quarterback back there. Uh, that, yeah. I, I like Taysom Hill and like I have a lot of respect for him and and what he does, but he's not he's not a, a quarterback quarterback. Like yeah. he's definitely a great Swiss Army knife for them, but when you put him back there, it limits his ability as far as like the defense knows where he's at at all times. He's mm-hmm. right behind the center, um, and and that definitely dampers uh, what he can do. But nonetheless, um, an impressive win for the Saints, shutting out the former Super Bowl champs and and Tom Brady is. Not an easy task, um, but and then, they you managed know, to do it. Yeah, and then of course uh, there was no Monday night game uh, that that got canceled. Yeah, that got yeah the Monday night game. Well, there was the ball. The oh, that's right. The, the Browns, the Browns and yeah, uh, yeah, Raiders. The, played. the Browns Raiders yeah. played. That's right. Uh, yeah, and that was that was a that was a great game. Went right down to the wire. Um, 
And then there was supposed to be a Monday Night Football game, but it was blacked out from everybody's TVs. Uh, nobody could watch it. Uh, it it yeah. happened. Nobody knows what happened. Uh, even yeah. ESPN no won't, won't tell me what the score was. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have no idea. We're, we're, as soon as we find that out, we will definitely not share it with the people. Uh, I, I, I just want to punch that referee in the throat. <laughs> because how do you call an unnecessary roughness when a cornerback knocks the ball out of a receiver's hands and accidentally runs into him at the same time? Like, how are you, as a professional referee, going to look at him and be like, yeah, no, you, you can't hit another player. That's not what the sport's about. And then throw a flag. And especially at such a crucial point in the game. It was, uh, I believe it was only 7 nothing, Or maybe they hadn't even scored at that point. But you just, you, oh my god. How do you throw that freaking flag? Yeah, I, like, I think all night. I, I didn't watch the entire game. I was kind of back and forth between um, watching it and not watching it. Um, but I, if I remember correctly, there was a drive. I want to say third quarter might have been early fourth. Um, I believe it was a scoring drive for the Vikings. I don't know if it was a touchdown or a field goal. I can't remember exactly, but they were given, they were gifted thirteen or three fifteen-yard penalties. Yeah. In that drive to basically assure them that they're driving down the field. That's forty-five free yards. Yeah, and, and listen, don't I, score I with understand. forty-five free yards. Yeah, and I understand the Bears looked terrible. We had three fumbles. Uh, at least that I remember, I turned it off um, after the third one. Um, so there might have been more. I really don't know. But <laughs> and they didn't deserve to win that game by any means. But at the same time, you need to leave it up to the game. You can't just stick your fingers in it every five seconds. I'd, like I was, I was texting my one friend last night. If I was as bad at my job as NFL referees are, I would not have a freaking job. No, but they, they have exactly. zero accountability. And I, we talked about this, I believe, it was the very first episode. We talked about how after the, the strike, uh, what was it, 11? Or whenever the, whenever the NFL referee whenever strike, was. They, they are just allowed to do whatever they want because there's zero repercussions, they have zero accountability, and they don't have to answer to the media. And it, it's just watching that game last night was absolutely ridiculous. And like I, there's been bad officiating, and it always like seems like it's whenever the Bears play now that I notice it the most, but... The Steelers you know, game the reffing against thing. the Bears and like and I don't know if it's because y'all have already played the Packers twice, um and maybe that's noticed where I noticed it at because the Packers always seem to get calls for them, um or if it's just you guys in general, um I I don't know but definitely it, it seems like against y'all the refs have been just major assholes like and, and y'all y'all's opponents don't need the refs help no like, no. We help yeah. them enough. Like I said, three fumbles yeah. alone. Uh, there might have been five, for all I know, uh, the way we were playing. <laughs> um, it's just it, it's just getting so ridiculous at this point. Yeah, and, and in general. like This was another weekend where it seemed like every game I watched, I was watching four, five, six either missed calls or just bad calls. Um, and uh, quite personally, like I'm about to start a petition. We're going to start a petition here on Jack Wagon Sports that at the very least, the head official has a press conference after every game. Um, yeah, we're gonna that'd do be it cool. because because it, it, it's gonna get them to see like, you know, okay, maybe we're actually not doing that great of a job. Like, and obviously, no, it might, I, I it think might they know. I think potatoes. they know. I think how they bad do they too. Are. But but if they if they have somebody to report to, like, and and at some point when like Roger Goodell and and anybody else really um with any sort of power in the NFL needs to do something. Um, 
it's terrible for the integrity of the game. Um, there, I see Twitter was full Sunday come Sunday night, um, and even earlier today or not today, um, Monday and well, actually, yeah, even today too. I was still hearing about it on Twitter. Just people are getting tired of the refs. Um, whether it's the refs deciding the games or the refs just ruining a game, um, like the the Raiders Cowboys game. Um, just uh, people are overall not satisfied with the refing this season, and and the NFL, um, like I said, needs to do something. Uh, because you already have dips in numbers, um, due to COVID or you know due to the the people still holding out for the kneeling of the flag or whatever, um, whatever the situation may be. Like, they're they're soon every sport. Honestly, this this isn't just the NFL. Um, every sport seems to be getting a lot of attention. Um, recently, you know, the NBA has their faults. Uh, I don't know as much about MLB and whatnot, but the the fans of these sports and and the players' associations too are are getting real tired. Um, and I get it. You have a multi billion dollar business, and you might love all that money coming in. Um, but like any big business we've seen, um, and we've seen it in sports multiple times. Like eventually, you're gonna get a lockout. You're gonna get a strike. You're gonna whatever. Um, and then what kind of money are you going to be losing? So I, I think integrity needs to be taken into account here before you completely lose all of it. And, and again, that's just my opinion. I understand I have no power or say or in anything, um, but it's it's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, we, we did talk about the Washington uh, Eagles game. Uh, that got postponed to today. Um, so obviously not in time for us to cover it, but we will be talking about it on Thursday. Um, so we're going to have a, a big, big episode on Thursday. And, uh, and this uh, we'll briefly touch on, even though we didn't talk about it, the Seattle and uh, Rams game. Uh, yes. I- I'm still, I'm still looking for an update on, on a quarterback as, as of this point, but I, I haven't, I do not see anything yet. Oh, nope. Okay. So yeah, it is official that Garrett Gilbert will be the starter for the Washington football team against the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. So again, like George said, more talk about that on Thursday. Uh, moving on. Uh, we had a, a, a big weekend of college basketball. Um, we didn't, but Friday night was, great, was, was uh, <laughs> sucked for me. Um, I, I, I honestly don't know what's going on at Villanova. Uh, they just almost look like they just don't have a desire to play basketball right now. Um, Creighton just absolutely steamrolled them Friday night, and I like I, I I said this on Thursday. Creighton is a very good team, um, and they are always a tough opponent for Villanova. But just the the level of of ass whooping they put on Villanova on on Friday was astonishing to watch. Um, Gonzaga just rolled over Texas Tech. It was it was pretty close at halftime, uh, but the, the second half was all Gonzaga. Um, so that was. I mean, not really surprising, um, but Gonzaga definitely has had their struggles lately. I thought it'd be a little bit closer, but um, Texas Tech just didn't have an answer for their, their defense in the second half. Um, we had two games uh, canceled over the weekend. Uh, U- UNC was supposed to play UCLA, uh, and Kentucky was supposed to play Ohio State. Those are both canceled. Uh, UNC and Kentucky actually ended up playing each other. They, they got together. Um, I mean, you and I talked about the. Was the game Sunday? Um, uh, I say it was. 
But um, Saturday. It was Saturday. It was Saturday. I remember because I was at a birthday party yeah, and okay. almost got in a fight with a guy because he said we were playing Kentucky. I was like, bro, we're not playing Kentucky. <laughs> um, like, playing UCLA. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then I looked and I was like, damn, um, Mans was right. But I mean, you and I talked about it on Saturday, and it's it was, it, I mean, it was almost like the same story for UNC as it was Villanova. Like they just, and I I think a lot of it was just like, oh well, we basically prepared for this team, and now we have to try and play this team. I don't know if that's what it was or if they just didn't want to be yeah, there at and- all. And quite honestly, like as a UNC fan, um, our talent, like our sheer talent this year, um, isn't where we'd like to have it or, or where we've had it in the past. Um, so we're relying a lot on uh, coaching and, um, you know, good game plan and executing the game plan. And, and when you switch games that fast, it, it's hard to, when you're a team that relies on that kind of stuff, it, it's hard to be prepared and have success with that. Um, Kentucky's obviously the the more talented team, um, you know, on paper. Uh, and I, I think that at the very least, it was a good gauge game for us to know, you know, if we're playing teams randomly, like come March, um, and we don't have a lot of time to prep, you know, it gives us something to go off of and something to learn from uh, as far as that goes. So uh, it, it, hopefully both of our teams can overcome, you know, their their struggles. As the season goes on, both teams I think are are still very talented, um, very well coached. Um, you know, we had a lot of foul, a lot of foul trouble, but quite honestly, I think the biggest thing for both teams, uh, Villanova and UNC, was just the energy. Um, UNC, I, I watched that game, and Kentucky was out rebounding, getting three, four offensive rebounds per possession sometimes. Um, it just it, it didn't look like a UNC team that that wanted to win. Um, and like I, we talked about it, I got the same vibe from Villanova. Um, obviously, that is something that both coaches are not going to be happy with. Um, and how I remember my freshman year, we had a game that looked like that where we just didn't care about rebounding. Uh, the effort wasn't there. You know what we did for the entire or not the entire, but for about an hour of our two-hour practice as a freshman, we ran around the court, just nothing but circles. And I can tell you, it sucked. And we never, the rest of that season, looked like we didn't give a shit. <laughs> like, we could have been half dead. You would have thought we were bawling our hearts out. Like, maybe that's what, sometimes, like, it's just got to be simplified. You know, we we like to think of these players as superheroes sometimes and, and all that stuff. But in reality, they're just kids. Um, you know, 18, 19, maybe 20 years old. Um, and sometimes they need a little humbling by running around the court. So I, I don't know if that's, if that's what's needed in, in Villanova and UNC, but something definitely is. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, so that wraps up our weekend recap. Um, our debate for today uh, is we're going to give, we're, we're going to debate who we think the NFL MVP is right now. Um, it's been pretty much narrowed down to three candidates, I would say, right now. Uh, Rogers, Brady, and Jordan Taylor. Um, so, I mean, we each got the Jordan stats. Or Jonathan? Jordan doesn't sound Jonathan, right. yeah. What? I, that is like the third time this I was going to say, weekend. like you said it, and it was like. Yeah. like, like So, I, I know, apologize. I question, it is Jonathan Taylor. And I should know that we'll because, be I, I mean, I loved him in college. I, I think he should have won the Heisman. Um, but <laughs> I don't know why I keep calling him Jordan. But yeah, but um, it happens, especially like I do it more in the NFL than I do in the NBA. But the NFL, I forget first names all the time. Yeah, well, it's like and yesterday I was I was talking to um, 
to somebody about a potential job and uh we were talking about like football and sports we like and stuff and um we we're talking about coaches and i just like kept talking about marcus williams and finally he goes <laughs> who the hell is marcus williams i was like he's the new coach at notre dame he goes that's not his name and i went oh god damn it um <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's what happens when you have three brain cells. And yeah, it's hard enough to remember the last name, let yeah. alone both names. Um, yeah, Whatever. so, Nick, I want you to give me who you think your MVP is right now and why. Uh, yeah, so, quite honestly, for me, um, the when I think about the Heisman or MVP um, or, you know, Offensive or Defensive Player of the Years, like, to me – it's got to be somebody that makes a difference on their team. Somebody that, you know, stats, like like we've said, stats don't always mean anything or everything. Um, you know, you can have a QB having great stats, but maybe their wide receiver has a lot of yards after the catch or, you know, whatever. Um, so I like to see that, like, how would this team be without this person? Um, and now, obviously, when you have names like Rodgers and Brady, like, your, your team's going to be drastically different without those two QBs on there. Uh, but my honest pick for MVP is Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's in first in yards. Um, now, granted, thank you, Derek Henry, for not being here the last, what, two months? Um, or maybe a little less than that. Uh, but either way, first in yards, first in attempts, first in touchdowns. Um, I mean, one, you literally don't get any better than that. Um, and, and two, when you look at the Colts offense, that offense relies on him. Like he might not have the same play style as Christian McCaffrey, but like the Colts rely on Jonathan Taylor the same way the Panthers rely on Christian McCaffrey. Um, he is their playmaker. He is the best player on that offense by far on that entire team by far. Um, and without him, you know, that team looks a whole lot different. I've said before, I have a lot of respect for Carson Wentz, especially um, for the injuries that he's overcome and the hate that he's overcame throughout his career. Um, but Carson Wentz isn't on this list. You know, if you related Carson Wentz and compared his his stats to Rodgers or Brady or anybody else towards the top of the league at QB, like he's, he's having an efficient season. He's having a great season, you know, as far as um, being – uh, what his team needs him to be. Um, but this entire team runs through John Taylor. And I feel like if they could put him on defense, they probably would. Um, he's an absolute stud. He's an animal. Um, and, and I think that, like I said, when it comes down to it, um, you know, you could replace Rodgers with, say, Jimmy Garoppolo. And that Green Bay offense would still look good. Wouldn't look as good, but would still look good. Or you could replace Brady with, I don't know, say Carson Wentz, and they would still look good. Obviously not quite as good, but still look good. Um, you know, while Brady has put up great numbers, um, I believe he's favorited right now. Uh, he's ranked fourth in QBR um, yards. He's got 4,348. I'm not sure where that ranks. Um, his touchdown-interception ratio, 36 and 11. You know, looks good, looks great. But again, um, you know, we've seen that as his team has folded around him, he has struggled. And and Jonathan Taylor is one of those guys where it don't matter what his team's going through, like 
you get him the ball as often as you can, and he's going to make something happen with it. So I, I think at this moment, Jonathan Taylor is my MVP pick. All right. Well, this was supposed to be a debate, um, but <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is my favorite too uh, for literally all the, all the exact same reasons you just said. Uh, I, I really <laughs> thought you do this often. I, mean, I really thought you were going to pick Rodgers or Brady. Um, yeah, it's like you said. It comes down to for me, the most valuable player is who on a team or a player that a team can't survive without. Um, now we we have seen the Packers without Rodgers. Uh, they didn't look great, but they still almost you know beat Kansas City on the road. That um, they had their fourth quarter comeback kind of stall out. Um, well, and Rodgers wasn't the only one missing out of that game right. either. Like, yeah, and and at the end of the day, Jordan Love didn't look terrible. Uh, you no. know, he was shaky at first, but the second half, he, he calmed down and he looked like a pretty good quarterback. Um, and, and Brady, you know, hasn't been the greatest this season. Um, and, and now with a lot of key pieces falling around him, it'll be interesting to see how he copes with it going forward. I mean, what what he did in New England was it was always next man up. Um, and he could take a, a nobody wide receiver and turn him into a Super Bowl MVP. Um I just I and I'm not doubting him. I don't want it to come off like that. I'm just I don't know who Tampa Bay has to come in now. If they have that talent pool, um, to to do that now, Brady is Brady. He's he's gonna take an average wide receiver and make them great. If you know they want to be, um, I, I I just really don't know who's coming in behind Godwin and Evans, and you know if if Brown's coming back or not, um. And you can't just dump the ball off the Gronk um, for every play. Um, so, no, and, and, like, and I do believe that. I mean, if if Brady left, if Brady got hurt, you know, this weekend, Tampa Bay, I don't think would win another game this season. And that that's no slight against their backup QB. Uh, is it Greer? I uh, no, it's Trask, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Trask. Wait. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think and, it's Trask. And it, that's no slight against him. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be a great QB. He's been sitting behind Brady all season. I, I hope to God he's learned something. But um, at the end of the day, I, we're not talking about you know Brady being out for a game or anything. And now he, he might go out for a game or whatever going forward. Who knows? Uh, the NFL has been so unpredictable this season. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I just think Jonathan Taylor is, is just a step above everybody this season, especially since I believe that since week three, uh, he's been the leading running back. Even, you know, that's with Derrick Henry still in, you know, still healthy. They went against each other for at least a couple weeks um, in that, you know, since week three. And since week three, Jonathan Taylor is leading every stat, um, you know, and it, it's very hard to be first in, you know, yards, attempts, and touchdowns in, in this league. Um, especially because it's such a grind, and I think he's fourth in yards per carry too. Yeah, he's definitely top five. Um, so, I mean, to me, Jonathan Taylor is by far, or I shouldn't say by far, but he is head and shoulders above the rest for me as far as the MVP debate. I agree. Like, I'm not gonna lie, Brady has had an impressive season. Um, with stats, uh, double digit interceptions, which I'm sure, um, he. D- you know, like to have some of those back. Um, and as we've seen throughout the season, not every one of those is, is his fault. Um, but nonetheless, the biggest thing for me, uh, because Brady and, and Jonathan Taylor were kind of a, de- a debate for me, um, but really what did it was 
um, this the game this past weekend. You know, you just got shut out by the Saints. Now, granted, you know, you lost some players, but some of those players didn't go out until second half late in the game. Um, so I, I can't completely blame that on them. Um, but, you know, just watching that, you just got shut out in, on in primetime football. Tom Brady got shut out. I, how many times have you heard anybody say that line in his 20-year career, however long career? Like, never. Uh, yeah, not often. He hasn't been shut out in, I think it was 15 years. Um, so th- that, to me, like, was a big selling point, too. And, you, you know, he's had great success this year. His stats look great. Um, but, again, Jonathan Taylor, w- without Jonathan Taylor, the Colts would not be the same team at all. Yeah, I, th- I think without Taylor, I mean, you're talking about the Colts being in competition for the first overall pick. I mean, I, re- I really think that's how much of a difference he makes. That defense, I agree. That defense is ridiculously good, but you, you can only, you know, hold teams for so long before, yeah. you know, eventually, they're, you know, and I mean, we see it every game, you know. I mean, they, they make some great stops, but eventually, you know, the team is going to make adjustments and get through and, and score some points. And if your offense can't score at all, you know, you're, you're screwed. And I think the big, like, Wentz looked really good on Saturday night. But I think the biggest reason why is the, the Pats were so stout or so devoted to stopping the, the run game in Taylor that it opened up a lot of options for, for Wentz in, in the passing game. Uh, and, of course, you know, Taylor ends up breaking a big run there at the end of the game to, to seal the win. Um, but I just think that that's another reason why is even with a game plan designed to stop him in a, in a game-time situation where you know they're going to run the ball. They're not throwing the ball with three minutes left, and they're just trying to run the clock out. Like, they might on a, on a third and long if you make a couple stops, but when the team is selling out to stop the run like that, and he can still break through and, and rip off, I believe it was like a 60-yard a run, a 63-yard run, and, and score a touchdown in a crunch time like that, I, I think that just speaks volumes to how good of a player he is and how valuable he is to that team. Definitely. definitely. Uh, so, yeah, not much of a debate, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, we agreed. Um, yeah. So that will wrap up our, our episode for today. Um, as always, head over to our, so- our social medias, uh, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, uh, and check us out at Jack Wagon Sports. And, yeah, uh, and Nick ahead, worked sorry. very hard this weekend to get a merch store set up. Uh, so we do have some items up. And our new marketing director, uh, Hannah, uh, stepped up and made some awesome-looking sweatshirts and, and T-shirts and, and things like that today. Um, so head over to our merch store, check it out. Get you some some coffee cups, some tumblers, uh, and a t-shirt or two while you're there. Yes, sir. A lot of hard work. Um, again, like everything, uh, I, you know, we appreciate anybody that that shows us love. Um, obviously, uh, this merch stuff, you know, it, it is new, and we're gonna try to you know work out any any kinks we might have, or um, definitely we want to hear your feedback as far as designs that we have. Um, things you'd like to see, whatever. Um, like George said, Hannah did a great job um, with a lot of these. Uh, much love to Hannah. Um, she's been kind of our behind-the-scenes person that keeps us together because both of us are dumb and have no idea what we're doing. Um, but we're figuring tell it you, out. Because like, she has her own YouTube channel. Um, they call me Miss S. Go over to YouTube and check that out. But um, it's so funny because like, she's so used to editing videos, and I go to edit this podcast. And at least, like, three times per episode I'm editing, I walk up there and I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. So, I mean, in reality, she edits almost completely our, po- our, our entire podcast, too. 
yeah um so again much love to her uh much love to everybody that sh- um you know listens in and participates in in anything that we have um the one thing that I, I think i can speak for george with this as well um that we would like to ask for is definitely more feedback um i don't know how much george has heard um but i haven't heard a whole lot um and you know while we like to have our own style and and do things the way that we want to do them like you know at the end of the day while we do do this for fun but you know if people are going to listen in and show us love like we want to make sure that that this podcast can be not only as enjoyable as possible for us but also for you know the people that that support us and and stay supporting us so feel free um through anything um let us know through social media uh, or whatever you know what you want to hear about what you want to see um, whether it's merch or whether it's topics on the podcast or whether it's a debate or maybe your favorite team doesn't get covered enough, um, please let us know. Uh, you know, like I just said, we're still learning on our own, um, you know, how to be proficient and efficient at doing this. Um, but, you know, we want to hear what you guys think uh, so that so that we know what direction to go to go forward. And um, we've said it before, we're all about the people here um, and anybody that that, you know, hops on the hops on the bandwagon on, on the jack wagon and and supports us and shows us love like we want to support and show love back um so you know with that being said check out the merch store um you know order something let us know what you like let us know what you don't like um you know let us know if you want to see something um we did on the on the cups um, that I had pushed out. I'm not gonna lie. I know nothing about editing, so I was glad Hannah asked to help. Um, but this weekend while I was working, I just pushed out um, two basically color schemed designs, uh, one for George and one for me. Um, so while you're on there checking out the t-shirts or sweatshirts or whatever, uh, show some love, show some love to the cups. Uh, there's also tapestry on there. Um, Cause while George and I love each other, this is a sports podcast and you can't have sports without a little competition. So, um, George and I want to know, you know, which one of us that, that y'all like better. We want to know, we want to know who's the people's favorite. Um, so show some love, um, you know, order, order a cup or tapestry or, or something, um, to show your support for whichever one of us you like more. And, you know, we'll continue to, to keep the competition active for sure. Uh, and then just let, so, Right now we're at 16 listeners on Spotify. I know it's it's close to the end of the year and this is gonna be a lofty goal, but I want to get that to 50. So please tell your friends, share share the podcast with them. Let's try and get that number up as high as we can. We're also gonna be getting ready to roll it out on uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts here soon. Um, it could have been done sooner, but we're just—I mean, both of us are so busy right now. Um, but come the new year we have, we have a lot of things uh we're working on behind the scenes that we we're getting ready to roll out for you guys um and those are just you know two of the smaller things so uh 16 listeners right now i really want to grow that to uh to 50 by the end of the year um so please tell your friends uh, share it with them tell them to tell their friends they can get with my friends and we can be <laughs> friends um calm down biggie <laughs> but uh as always thank you guys so much for listening and like nick said uh Feedback is always welcome, uh, and we really appreciate you guys uh, for listening, and uh, we will see you guys on Thursday. Yep, see you Thursday for a, a nice, it might be a little longer, probably around the same as today, because um, we got some things going on, but we'll discuss that then. I'll be, I'll be have... coming to you live from Nebraska on Thursday. Yeah, will, live from Nebraska, but 
anyway, uh, everybody have a good week. We'll talk to you on Thursday. All right. See you guys. Who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon.